0: Hi, David. The US Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell's speech at Jackson Hole is a big point of debate amongst investors. What's your view on the Fed's new policy framework?
1: Yeah, I mean, Jay Powell's announcement of changes to the Fed's policy framework was important. And at the same time, it wasn't news. Um, The shift from targeting 2% inflation in the future to average inflation that takes account of past misses, relative to its inflation target rather than ignoring them, uh, was very well flagged in advance. Um, The new framework, though, also emphasised the shortfalls from maximum employment rather than um, deviations. And, you know, this is a bit of a subtle change in wording, but it really implies that, you know, unlike in December 2015, when the Yellen Fed started to raise rates and then we saw further rate increases, uh, you know at the end of 2016 through to 2017 and 18 the fed was doing that when uh inflation was actually still below its target and it did so because it believed that the unemployment rate had sort of dropped below the level that it thought was consistent with stable inflation over the longer term and and i think this shift what this shift says is um, we're, we're, we're not going to do that, we're not going to put so much weight on where we think, you know, the long run unemployment um, should be. So, uh, yeah, I do think that's, you know, an important uh, shift by uh, the the Fed. With, whether this change in policy framework will actually mean that the Fed is more likely to hit its 2% inflation target, I think is debatable. Uh, but the message is unambiguous the Fed will allow the economy to run hotter for longer and will tolerate above target inflation before it considers raising interest rates. So, you know, as Powell has said before, it's going to be a long time before the Fed even thinks about thinking about raising rates. Um, The initial market reaction was was fairly muted, but we've seen a little bit um, of long-end yields uh, moving a bit higher on the back of longer-term Market inflation expectations moving higher. Yes, stocks have have certainly moved higher, and the dollar is lower. So, it does seem that investors are attaching, you know, some credibility to the Fed's new policy framework.
0: What are you expecting from next week's meeting of the European Central Bank?
1: Um, I'm not expecting any substantive policy announcements from the ECB at its next meeting. I mean, after all, in July. Yeah, you know, it did extend by six months. It's 1.35 trillion euro pandemic emergency po- uh, purchase program until the end of June 2021. And members of the uh, governing council have recently said that they don't see a need um, at this stage for further policy initiatives. Uh, the ECB will release new growth and inflation forecasts, and along with Lagarde's press conference, I think you know investors will be looking for some guidance. On just how confident the ECB is regarding the um, economic recovery especially against a, a backdrop where we have seen um, you know pick up in uh, virus cases across several countries in the uh, region um, and that could result in some loss of growth momentum into Q4 so I, I, I do think that this forecast will be of interest uh, headline inflation in August was negative. Uh, core inflation rose just 0.4% year on, on year. I mean, there are, there are some temporary factors explaining such a low inflation print. There was a reduction in the VAT rate in um, Germany. But you know, the ECB is really challenged, even more so than the Fed, in terms of the credibility of uh, meeting its near 2% inflation uh, target. And and I think the recent weakness of the US dollar um, also complicates uh, the task for the ECB. The euro is up almost 4% against the dollar since the ECB's last meeting in, in mid-July and Philip Lane, the ECB's chief economist, recently said that the euro dollar rate does matter. Um, so I, I don't think we to get anything particularly from this meeting but I do think later this year uh, the ECB will be under pressure to provide some additional monetary uh, st- stimulus, but but the policy covered is is looking kind of increasingly bare. Um, I think more encouraging in terms of the outlook for the uh, euro area is 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 actually the uh, announcements of an extension of fiscal support by. Um, Germany and, and France and this comes back to the theme that we've talked about before Alex about the importance of uh, fiscal policy in sustaining the uh, recovery.
0: Equity and credit markets had another positive month in August. Do you expect the rally to continue? Uh,
1: that, that's a big uh, question. I, I may, maybe before uh, trying to answer that I think it is important to acknowledge that the rally which continued through August um, you know, is characterised by still quite significant dispersion in relative asset performance with growth and especially US tech stocks, um, as well as higher rated uh, credit outperforming, while lower quality credit uh, value uh, stocks, uh, those sectors most affected by COVID continue to lag. So it, it's been a bit of a less broad based rally than some of the financial media headlines would suggest. But but nonetheless, you're, you're right, you know, risk assets did move higher in, in August. And will that continue? Up, My own opinion is that it will, because the drivers of the rally remain in place. You know, as we've just discussed, the Fed and other central banks are committed to ultra-lose money, and I think will intervene to prevent financial conditioning conditions from tightening. So I think they would intervene if we saw a meaningful um, widening in spreads or, or correction in uh, equity markets. And despite the rise in new cases of the virus initially in, in the US, although that's now trending down, and more recently in Europe, the broader economic recovery does remain intact. And, and the news on medical treatments, and development of a vaccine uh, has also been uh, positive. In terms of credit, uh, record corporate borrowing is, is being more than matched by the search for yield in a zero interest rate world. And I think that will remain the case and spreads will grind tighter. Um, I still think there is value in moving down the capital structure of, of strong companies and, and banks. I th- I think to me at least, what is less clear is whether there will be a meaningful spread compression between high yield and investment grade and and whether we'll see some rotation into some of those sectors such as aviation, hospitality that have lagged um, uh, the rally because they've been uh, so negatively impacted by uh, COVID and social distancing. Clearly, those sectors have the most room to rally from current valuations, but, but they do face long lasting scars, I think, from the pandemic. And it is a fairly treacherous and at times illiquid opportunity set to mind. So I think there is value there, but it's the bottom up credit selection is going to be you know, absolutely crucial. Um, And more generally, you know, the market rally has eroded the valuation cushion for bad news. And, and, you know, there are some worries out there uh, for markets to climb. Although central banks have investors' backs, it is uncertain how much more meaningful additional policy stimulus can be provided. Uh, Washington remains deadlocked on an extension of fiscal support, without which U.S. household incomes will decline in the fourth quarter, uh, there's a lot of optimism around a vaccine by year end, and 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 that could prove uh, misplaced. And as we've discussed before, we can't discount uh, the notion of a second uh, wave in the northern hemisphere. And and although I don't think that would prompt national lockdowns, it clearly would uh, hinder the recovery, particularly in the uh, services sector. Uh, U.S. tech stocks have you know led the rally. There's been an extraordinary rise in uh, valuations and uh, price earning multiples in, in in part at least because of the collapse in uh, real yields. So you know, US tech stocks are very long duration assets and if we did see a backup in nominal and real yields, either because of a move higher in inflation expectations or even on the back of positive news on a vaccine for example, that could p- paradoxically be bad news uh, for those stocks and and therefore even for the broader um, S&P. So so summing up, I I think we are learning to live with the virus. Uh, The economic recovery is on track. Uh, Central bank liquidity is going to remain um, very ample. So against this backdrop, I do think that the rally in risk uh, markets will continue. But yeah, there are some indicators that you know equity is a little bit overbought in the, the short term. So I, I, I don't think that it's going to be a straight line. And there is uh, some, some of the downside risks that we've talked about as well.
0: Thanks, David. And speak to you soon. Thanks, Alex. This podcast is issued in the United Kingdom by Blue Bay Asset Management LLP, which is authorised and regulated by the UK Financial Conduct Authority registered with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission and the U.S. Commodity Futures Trading Commission and is a member of the National Futures Association. This podcast may also be issued in the United States by Blue Bay Asset Management, LLC, which is registered with the SEC and the NFA. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Unless otherwise stated, all data has been sourced by Blue Bay. To the best of Blue Bay's knowledge and belief, this podcast is true and accurate at the date hereof. Blue Bay makes no express or implied warranties or representations with respect to the information contained in this podcast and hereby expressly disclaim all warranties of accuracy, completeness or fitness for a particular purpose. This podcast is intended for professional clients and eligible counterparties as defined by the FCA only and should not be relied upon by any other category of customer. Except where agreed explicitly in writing, Blue Bay does not provide investment or other advice and nothing in this podcast constitutes any advice nor should be interpreted as such. No Blue Bay fund will be offered except pursuant and subject to the offering memorandum and subscription materials the offering materials. If there is an inconsistency between this podcast and the offering materials for the Blue Bay Fund, the provisions in the offering materials shall prevail. You should read the offering materials carefully before investing in any Blue Bay Fund. This podcast does not constitute an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to purchase any security or investment product in any jurisdiction and is for information purposes only. No part of this podcast may be reproduced in any manner without the prior written permission of Blue Bay Asset Management LLP. Copyright 2020, Blue Bay. The investment manager, advisor and global distributor of the Blue Bay Funds is a wholly owned subsidiary of Royal Bank of Canada and the Blue Bay Funds may be considered to be related and or connected issuers to Royal Bank of Canada and its other affiliates. Registered Trademark of Royal Bank of Canada. RBC Global Asset Management is a trademark of Royal Bank of Canada. Blue Bay Asset Management LLP, registered office 77 Grosvenor Street, London, W1K3JR, partnership registered in England and Wales, number OC370085. The term partner refers to a member of the LLP or a Blue Bay employee with equivalent standing. Details of membership of the Blue Bay group and further important terms which this message is subject to can be obtained at www.bluebay.com.